Max White, everyone. See something funny. It wasn't funny! I guess I'll just call it Max White Presents. I guess it's decent. Yeah, Max White Presents will work. And we're live. Max White Presents, London, England. It's my birthday. I'm sitting here with Tamara Catan, my flatmate, for 17 days. What's going on, Tamara? Happy birthday. I almost said belated because last night seemed so long ago, <laughs> according to my brain. What is it about that this town, uh, they're so good at drinking or getting pissed, as they say? Yeah. And then I went and had breakfast, and then they load you up with this food. But the breakfast I had was one fried egg, yeah. uh, six pounds of sausage, 14 pounds of ham, and baked beans, and that's it. So American. Uh, that you would weigh their food uh, in American metrics. That's imagine. funny. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Sorry. not six pounds. It's uh, one stone. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I just had a memory of last night when you were trying to teach me last night how much a stone weighs, and that it's guy like picked me up in the bar. pounds or 14 pounds? Or I don't remember, yeah, though, yeah. but yeah. We're not only up. did that guy pick you up, he grinded on your lap. Hell, yeah. And you were so drunk that you said, look. You can't give me a boner. <laughs> and you let him keep grinding on your cock. Hell and yeah. Like, look, look, you can't. You, you like challenged him to give me a boner. And I'm like, this is the strangest thing. It was gay chicken, man. Fuck like, I felt like I was 12 again <laughs> at, at camp with like a with like a Taiwanese kid, you know, like or a Malaysian kid that's that's really pretty. Yeah. And, and he made me and he made my penis get a boner in the shape of a question mark. Oh, it brought back fond memories. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Yeah, that's that weird age where we're not, you know. And now I'm at it. male or female. Yet. And now, I guess for me, that happened at 34. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, was, it just it happened, though. So what's going on over here? How have the show's been going? The shows have been good, man. Like, I haven't been here in... I lived here three years now. It's been three years since I've lived in London. Okay. Two and a half years, actually. Uh, and it's been good to be back. It's been good to... Um, do everything from big shows like Royal Albert Hall tomorrow. Fuck yeah, I'm Friday, going. Rather. Yeah. That's going to be amazing. Royal Albert Hall, which is like the MSG for here, the yeah. Mass Garden. It's going to be incredible. Yeah, fucking exactly. bringing down the house. It's not the main room. It's a, it's, it's a small room, but it's still the Royal Albert Hall. Dude, that's so cool. Uh, Stephen Hawking sold it out once. Seriously? He's like one of the only physicists. It, they said first... Um, uh, Albert Einstein sold it out once, and then Stephen Hawking sold it out. He's no the only way. other physicist to sell it out. Yeah. Fucking Brits here, man. They love their uh, educated people, right? Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. I don't think that would ever happen in the States. Do you yeah. think people would ever come and... Uh, I do, in time. I, I think, like, I often look... Because I lived in London for so long, yeah. and I lived in America for so long, I often look at America as a younger version of England. Okay. You know, like, I think a lot of the stuff that they do here is stuff that I can see happening for us later. And I'm not just talking about Brexit and Trump. I'm talking just like all kinds of things, you know, like culturally as a society. Um, they're older than we are, but they're yeah. just they're just like us. There's no really yeah. Difference. Right as I said that, I was thinking that come to think of it, though, Neil deGrasse Tyson sells out a lot of like those uh, speeches. Sure. Though, so maybe we're on the way here. Yeah. Uh, what's it been like? I know for me, I, I like I this conversation. Not, I don't with you. think they're smarter than we are. By the way, I just think their dumb people are quieter. <laughs> I really wow, think that. I really that. believe that. I, I don't think they have more intelligent people. I just think our our dumb people are like, I got a right to speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow, that I, we could yeah. end it right there on that one. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm, that just blew my mind, and I'm still drunk from last night. Uh, That's it's, it's the effect of capitalism, man. I think this. I think America started spiraling when Burger King said you can have it your way. It just fucked from there on yeah, out. Yeah, it's like pick out your own onions, be a man. Were you, you know? Were you surprised here that? Uh, and again, this is my first time in 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 the UK. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I, I mean, I talked to you a lot of this. I, I, I was worried that because I'm not a political comic, that maybe I should have something to say. And then, like about a, a week before we came over, I had this like moment of, uh, just like a real moment of uh, what's the word for it? God, my brain is just tossed from last night. Um, like uh, a key moment where I just thought I'm like, wow, I don't want to say revelation. I'm not. I'm religious. glad you said my brain was tossed from last night because I was expecting you to say my ass was tossed. <laughs> no, <laughs> dude, the guy salad toss. He couldn't give me a boner. <laughs> all right, the guy could not give me a boner. Whatever that guy's name is, who's a comic that I don't, I don't actually remember his name. Darius. So, Darius. He's on my Facebook now. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, I couldn't remember who I had a date with today. Darius or the Italian waitress. I think he had a double. I had a double. Double date. No, but uh, I had this moment of like uh, realization, realization where I was like, "Hey, I'm just gonna keep doing what I do." Of course. And why would I change it up though? But that just comes yeah. from me being newer and not knowing, you know, your place. Now, you being politically minded and uh, very upfront about it, and like on there, <laughs> what's your what's your experience been like here? It's did Good, you? But here's the thing that it, it's a strange thing. I have to temper my desire to speak about it mm. with the audience's ability to keep hearing about it. Ooh. You know, I think like I think people are tired. Yeah. Right now, of hearing about all this shit, we're tired of words. We want actions, and I think I think that's where I'm at right now. I, I'm tired of words. I I, I want to see actions. I mean, George Takai said this really great thing. He said the alt right neo Nazis forget without the ability to shock and cause fear, they have no power. I'm no longer shocked or afraid. I'm ready, and I think a lot of people are ready. Yeah, they're ready for more than just jokes. They're ready for more than just opinions. Um, I think they are interested in hearing an American opinion, but I, you know, I also think they're refreshed when an American goes up and doesn't talk about politics and kind of, you know, like you can't just eat meat. You got to have potatoes. You got to have salad. You gotta I'm have the salad. That's it. No, no, no I'm more, just kidding. Much more than the salad. No, but but you're uh, you know what I mean. Though? But you've you've been ahead of this because you, I've known you for over a year now, and yeah. when I first started talking, like you were already on this. So this Trump yeah. thing. Thirteen months ago, I had my first anti-Donald Trump video. It was was the producer of American History X that shot it. Wow. John Hess. And uh, it was so funny. Like, it it was so kind of, it's so bizarre that the producer of a film that was, you know, about racism and skinheads in Venice ends up taping me talking about... That's so funny. We need to, I want to repost that and watch that. Um, Is it on your website? Uh, It's on YouTube. It's called Proud Arab American on Trump. Okay. On Donald Trump. Like, I was... I didn't expect anyone to be like, fuck America, we got over here. But uh, I was interested to see that it's more of an empathy thing. A lot of people are like, I'm sorry yeah, what happened. I feel bad for us because I, um, I think they're looking at the stuff. He's, they felt bad about Brexit and there was immediate regret here. Yeah. And I think that what's happened is they look at the stuff that Trump is saying and the stuff that he's doing. It's, and it's on, it even, it overshadows Brexit. Okay. You know, Trump has done... Our election has done to Brexit what Trump has done to Bill Cosby. Yeah. You know, like, you know, Bill Cosby came out and everybody's like, oh, my God, what a nightmare of a person. This is a horrible human being. Yeah. And then out comes this person who eclipses and we've almost forgotten about Cosby. Yeah. I was like writing something about this and I was thinking that, wow, the two people that stand for rapist kid and Cosby are so fucking hyped on this election. Yeah. You know, you know who's not hyped are the Cubs because everybody forgot they won the world <laughs> series like yeah, it's a true. week before they, they can't catch a break 108 years. And then they, this election goes down. Yeah. What do you see? Um, I mean, I've been seeing it firsthand. Like you've been taking a lot of heat being yeah. on the forefront of the political wise. What is that? Because you being a public figure, and you, you know, raising your, your basically your visibility because as a comic, that's getting more and more notable. You're you're being built up, right? So you're an easier target for people. Is there a sense of vulnerability you feel? Oh, sure. I mean, I, I get um, I get death threats are now unfortunately something that 
I, I don't even react to that much anymore. Um, you know, it's, it sucks, but it's, uh, it's something that you, you know, there's a, I was watching this, this, um, film or slash documentary about British firms, the gangs yeah. in the East end of London. And this one guy quoted a boxer and he said, he said that, uh, he's been punched in the face so many times that punching doesn't affect him anymore. Wow. He's, 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 um, punch resistant. Ah, and one of the guys in the firm uh, that was referred to as Wee Man, you know, a smaller guy that was one of the most infamous firms in the East End of London, said that that's how he's become with violence. Okay. That he's become resistant to violence or prone to violence because he saw so much of it growing up. Yeah. The thing for me that's been really creepy has not been the language. Um, it's not been the threats. It's been, I keep having flashbacks of the faces, uh, like in Oklahoma City when a guy stood up and called me a sand nigger and looked me in the face and said some really, you know, said some really hateful shit, but his fa- his words didn't bother me. I've heard those words before. Yeah. But his face, like the hate in his face was something, it didn't make me angry. It made me sad. I'm like, you don't even know me. Is you it weird that like that guy, because I, 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 I've heard this story, like I can almost see him, you know, yeah. because the way you tell the story. And I'm curious, is there... It seems like that a large part of America is represented by that guy. Like in terms of if an English person thinks of a Southerner, like like you know, just from direct people I've talked to here, they probably think of that guy. You know, like uh, just this big, loud, overweight, it's, ignorant. You know, dipshit. I hear a lot of people say that, and and I hear a lot of people say, let's not legitimize a small number of racists into yeah. into making them think that it's a huge number of racists. But I think of racism the same way I think of pedophilia. If somebody attacks a child or rapes a child, we could say, hey, there's a small number of pedophiles. Let's not overdo it. Or we could send a message to a society that good, decent people, this is unacceptable. Okay. This is not acceptable. Here's the other thing. Like even, you know, I just mentioned these East End gangs. Even in gang culture, there's a line of respect. For sure. You don't attack children. You don't yeah. attack old people. And, and these... A lot of these uh, racists are doing that. They're, they're putting swastikas on playgrounds. Um, you know, Adam Yoach in, in Brooklyn, they attacked his memorial. Uh, that's, uh, that's a dead person. Yeah. You know, and it's a dead person who stood for anti-violence. And he wasn't Republican or Democrat. He wasn't. He's just a Jewish kid. He was a good person. Like, why would you do that? I don't understand the hate. I don't understand the, I, this new definition, this new concept of a sore winner. Yeah. If you won, why are you still so angry? And I, I think that's what it is, because I think if you call yourself superior, then why would you be afraid of equality? I, I think that they're not really superior. They don't really believe in supremacy, right? And I don't think it's race. Here's what I think it is. I think that the problem is men. Yeah. That's what it is. I think for the longest time, we've been saying boys don't cry, and we've created a generation of men who don't feel. We don't have empathy. And the reason why a lot of people are looking at white people right now is because right now we're asking white men to empathize. Okay. But if we asked Arab men to empathize, same issue. If we asked black men to empathize, same issue. If we asked Asian men to empathize, same issue. We've got a problem with our gender. And no one wants to talk about it because the people in power are all men. It is weird like how uh, that Bill Burr... Um just had a bit or he was a conversation where I'm sorry no it wasn't Bill Burr it was Lucy Kay it was talking about how we've had dad after dad after dad after dad running this country and he was looking forward to a mother yeah Hillary Clinton running it 100%. So it's pretty interesting though if you look back in history patriarchies versus matriarchies in terms of violence 
and how the changes there are. I mean, there's obviously some similarities there, but if you look at like Golda Mayor, you know, the former prime minister of Israel, I mean, badass, like to the core, but like you look how uh, a country could exist when it was surrounded by its, you know, arch nemesis on all sides, three sides. Um, Where do you see that uh, shifting gears now away from that? Uh, What do you see the biggest difference when you're back in London now in terms of comedy here, comedy in the States? Mm. It's a little more patient here. I think because of the theater culture, yeah. you know, there, there's a little bit more patience. I think because d- when people are performing, you're not allowed to go up and order at the bar. You know, everybody sits and waits and then there's intermissions. And I love that. Intermissions, I love. Yeah. At first I was like, wait, what? Yeah, and it, it's, it's like, panicky, so, right? it, dude, yeah, because like yeah. in New York, New York or anywhere, people are like, I'm yeah. fucking out of it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But here we it's ADD. like, yeah, we have ADD. So we think if there's an intermission, people won't come back. For sure. And that happens here. There's people that take yeah. off. But for the most part, people stay. Well, and they get second actors here, too. So people yeah. that didn't necessarily pay up front will come and check out the second half. Totally. I think pe- the crowds here are treated more like adults than they are in the States. Like we yeah. talked about this the other night, like where basically it's like, uh, you know, uh, wait to use the restroom, you know, you, <laughs> if you really have to, uh, you know, but uh, um, buy your drinks before at intermission, like you said, so the sure. crowd's not disrupted. And pauses here, you can wait on pauses and they're in it sure. with you. Like it's not like, say something funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. uh, is that it's a theater background then? Because a lot of the performers we've been watching seem very theatrical. And a lot yeah, of them, yeah, that's true. I think there's a lot there's a lot more people that are in drama and arts that go into stand up here versus in the states where they they run for television. Yeah, you know these guys don't necessarily run for television. They go after, um, you know, there's less commercial work. The arts are bigger here than the than the entertainment industry. Yeah, and I think in America the entertainment industry is a little bit bigger than the arts. Okay. You know, makes sense. Yeah, that's the difference here. It seems like it's uh, artist-driven. And I was talking to a girl at the. So what we're saying is like the Williamsburg of of London. Yeah, it's it's like Shoreditch, and uh, it's like a hipster area. But I was talking to a lady here, and and in these shops that actually are all artists. So it's almost like uh, Brooklyn in its infancy, where people that like these people actually are artists and they do work and they like yeah. you know work a day job at like a cool thrift store but to go sing at night like i got a card for rudy is her name but she's has a concert in two days here yeah. and like you're like oh this is cool because in in brooklyn you just kind of seem like and again there's obviously artists there a lot of my really good friends are but you know there's a lot of like finance guys hiding as artists sure, you know what i mean sure. it's like and cool that's level here up. too actually, yeah unfortunately. a lot of people say that shortage was better before than it is now yeah um you know it's definitely been quote unquote gentrified which is a word i hate so much yeah but same thing has happened and i when i lived here last time i lived in brixton yeah and you took me down there that place is awesome Brixton's amazing yeah Yeah, it's amazing it still has culture it still has different immigrants and minorities and and people are still there it still feels like a mix um even peckham is becoming less of what it was it's becoming more and more gentrified which is interesting for me because like a lot of people are like, well, what do you do about that? That's a natural occurrence. And I, I performed in a festival in Malaysia last year. Okay. And in Singapore, they actually have neighborhoods where diversity is a mandatory. So there's a certain number of people of each race that are allowed to live in a community. And while that sounds overplanned, yeah, it's made for really safe neighborhoods. And it's really cut down on racism. What does it say for... Um I guess explain more of that. Is that so? Like, like in Malaysia, for example, there is um, Chinese people, there is um, Asian, as in Indian, uh, in America, uh, and then there's uh, local Malay uh, people. Okay. Um, Singapore is a different country altogether now, but it wasn't before. And those those three main populations now they they 
they have communities where there were issues before between Muslim and non-Muslim, between Buddhist and, and Christian. And, and now, because the neighborhoods are much much more mixed, your neighbors are, are more likely to be a different religion. Yeah. So you get to the person you see. It's hard to demonize something that you see every day, you know, that has a human face in front of you. What's interesting, too, is you've been quoting Mark Twain uh, with, I've never met a well-traveled racist. Yeah. And here, there's so much diversity on every corner. I mean, Absolutely. it's... Uh, I mean, it's it makes New York feel less cosmic. It honestly right? does yeah. because you're. Yeah. It's you would think people are like, oh, he's an American, you know. Yeah. I hear that, but then you're like, you're talking to an Italian and a Pakistani yeah. behind a kebab counter. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit! And the Italians shit. here aren't like Rita, get in the car, <laughs> get like, back in the fucking yeah. car. Italians here, are like, yeah. I love this man more than pasta. You know, like they're yeah. still Italian. That was uh, uh, Martini, Alex, Alex Martini, Alex Martini, <laughs> who sent me a happy birthday message this morning. By the oh, way, he's a sweetheart. He brought Tamara on stage, and, he, and he's this Italian, like amazing guy. And he goes, I love Tam. This next guy, I love more than pasta. And he's like, and then he goes, "I'm Italian, by the way." And like, like everyone didn't know. And then he brought you up. What a yeah. It's like Shaquille O'Neal going, "I'm tall, by the way." Yeah, yeah it's amazing. <laughs> and so, like, everybody here has rolled out the mat, uh, not just for you, but for me too. Um, is it? Yeah, they're awesome. I mean, everybody. And you said it, and you couldn't have been more right. You were just like, "Dude, wait till you see like the brotherhood and sisterhood of like comics here," because yeah. every single person. I mean, you. I, I I've honestly tried not to go drinking, but it's impossible here because you want to go out and meet all these people and like yeah. follow up on that. The show, like, yeah, totally. I mean, it's the such artist a, bar is like a great example. That was like, fun. I love the Phoenix artist bar. It's just it's it's real communal here. It's a members only bar. You have to be an artist to get in, and it's it's cool. It's nice that there's a community like that. Yeah, and it's not like a it's like a nice bar with a good DJ and like yeah, fun an amazing, spot. Yeah, amazing performers show up and do like exclusive sets and. People that are performers in West End musicals show up and practice. They they go and play oh, the wow. piano, and that's part of the reason why they don't want regular people coming in. Because then, yeah. why would you go see a musical? Why would you go see a play when you could just watch the performers get drunk and play piano and sing great songs? I, you know, it's funny because, like, again, with the adult theme, because like London is, I just think that Europe as a whole treats people more as adults. Because, like, for instance. Like, if you, in America, if you jump off a cliff to go skydiving, base jumping, right, you'll get arrested for it. Here in Europe, they're like, go fucking, go yeah, do, do whatever you want to do. Yeah, 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 you're dumb, you're a dumbass. Yeah. If you die, you die. And I see that too, like everything, like an artist bar in New York could support itself. But because of, there's so much pressure from like outside influence in terms of like, hey buddy, we made 100 tonight, but we can make 2,000 if we let these yeah. finance guys in. But here, there's like a certain like, fuck off, like we want to do our own thing here. Yeah. Is that... Is that European or is that an English thing or is that just, what is it? Uh, it feels English to me. Okay. It's like a purist thing. A little bit. And I think English people have been sort of fighting for, you know, when everybody's white, you find a different way to classify yourself. You know, like I, there was a guy here that I really like who's a black comic from uh, Georgia, but he's been here for a long time. I can't remember his name. I'll remember in a sec. But basically they said, um, hey, is there any racism in England? And he says, nah, but there's prejudice. That's and they're like, what do you mean? He's all prejudice is like racism when the other guy's the same color. <laughs> That's really funny. And he's and he's he's right. Like yeah. you know, people here will hate each other for different reasons. Maybe it's you support a different football team. I, I think it's a natural human thing to to create us and them. Yeah, yeah. And it happens here, but not. I mean, there is a class system here. People tend to judge you more by the, the way you speak English as opposed to the way you look. Yeah. Um, because for them, that means it's it it it's a it's an indication of the way you think. Okay. Um, it, it's not. It's not any better to be. I don't think it's necessarily a better thing. It's, it's very geospecific here, like, yeah. like, like in terms of like, oh, he's a Jordy, which you know is from yeah. Newcastle, and yeah. then, but then there's an MC here and runs a show, 
and uh, Kyle, and uh, he said, oh, I didn't even know you were American until you opened your mouth. I thought you were a posh cunt from Sheffield, like yeah. when you brought me around. So, because I've never been in another country where, that speaks English. This is my first time other than Canada. You know, I'm used to going somewhere that doesn't speak any English. Yeah. It's really weird here because I, 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 I'm my English family. Yeah. I'm from, I look like here. Yeah. yeah, but it's weird because like I'm amongst them, but then the second I open my mouth, I'm no longer. And it's very weird? weird because I'm used to just being an outsider, like yeah. in another country. But here it's like, it's like, I, I wonder how long until people, like, are there mannerisms here? I mean, I'm, I guess, like, I feel like I'm hiding until I open my mouth. Then you yeah. pop out. And you're like, ah. You know, now you know how I feel in the Middle East. That's, how I was in the, that's yeah. where I was segueing towards. Yeah. So is that is that a similar feeling? It's almost like uh, because of me being uh, white and uh, tall, blonde, blue eyes here, right? Yeah. I have the ability to, like, milk in, blend in or whatever, though. But is that almost like a sense of, like, I could see how it could create stress sure. and anxiety because sure. the second you do open your mouth, if you're like, you're Egyptian, but when you're there, they're going to know the second from jump that you're no longer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, it, it's kind of what drew me to comedy. Like, okay. I, you know, it's, yeah, I feel like Sandra Bullock in gravity, <laughs> like, cause I don't have a planet to land my feet on firmly. Yeah. You know, Arabs tell me I'm not a real Arab. Some Americans tell me I'm not a real American. With them, I take real issue when they say that. Yeah. But it's, it's finding your identity. And I think for me, my definition of identity, because my parents were mixed religion, is has always been something that it's almost like being a kid that had to name yourself. Okay. Instead of huh. someone giving me a name, so I was more conscious of my identity. It wasn't something that was given to me. It was something that I had to pick. And for me, it was I. I figured out. I figured out what identity means to a lot of people when uh, my dad had cancer. Is I used to go with him to chemotherapy to make them laugh. Him and the other guys having chemo, and there's this old black man. And he's like, oh, you guys are from Egypt. And he was fascinated by Egypt and because he'd never been to Africa. And it's on his bucket list. And so we became friends and we started talking a lot. And then when my dad died, I felt bad because he didn't have any family. So I kept going. And he, had, he only had like three more weeks to go. So I kept going in there with him. And, and he asked me, he's like, can we please stay in touch? Because you and your dad got me dizzy. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, I don't even know what I am anymore. And then that got me really curious. And I'm like, why do you say that? And he goes, all my life, when I've seen another black man or another black person, I'd give them a what's up with my head. Like yeah. A head nod. Because I knew that they understood my biggest misery in life. My biggest pain, my biggest struggle was something they shared. Yeah. So I always felt like a black or African American. He said, but then I started having more in common with you and your dad and more in common with people who had cancer. And cancer became my biggest struggle. So now I don't feel African American. Now I feel cancer American. And it was this thing that, like, I'm like, that's how people bond is through shared struggle. That's a more bonding thing. Like, dating sites shouldn't be like, I love sunsets. I love the beach. It should be, I hate Puerto Ricans. <laughs> and the other person's like, oh, me too. <laughs> I think if you go to certain parts, they are. Let's get married. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a love. Uh, fuck it. Love doesn't last, but hate does. Oh, I mean, yeah. like a shared hate. That's funny. It'd be like a Tinder for hate. Like, hate kids. Fuck your long walks on the yeah, beach. Yeah. Uh, if you look at anything other than me, fuck off. Yeah, wow, dating sites don't make sense. This girl's like, I feel as comfortable in a dress as I do in jeans. Just say I have legs. Like That's... it doesn't. That says nothing about you. But tell me what bugs you. Tell me what disgusts you. 
Yeah, what is it about that that uh, when people? Because you can lie about what. And you... it's not Puerto Ricans, by the way. Let me just preface. I love Puerto Ricans. <laughs> no, it's definitely Puerto Ricans. And if there's any Puerto Rican ladies out there, I'm still single. Uh, yeah, come get some. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> we'll go. <laughs> no, what is it about? Uh, it's weird. It's almost like you can lie about what you like to encourage people to come near you. Yeah. But it's so hard to to lie about what you hate exactly. because it just comes through. You know, hundred percent. Because you're like, uh, it's like you're, you know, if me like I like musicals. It'd be like me. I fucking hate this. But my foot's like going. You know yeah, what I mean? Like this yeah, is amazing. Exactly. Right? It's yeah, a weird thing. I think that's what, and I think that's what uh, Trump did so beautifully is he united people with hate and fear. What do we all hate? What do we all fear? And that was more powerful than Hillary's message of what do we all, what do we all love? I was talking to my friend about this this morning. Actually, back in Brooklyn, and she's saying, um, uh, "This is weird." Um, Trump wise, like you know, you know, he decided he's not going to live in the in DC now. Yeah, he's going to have he's, it. He's costing New York million millions of dollars, a million a day. Yeah. is what they're figuring out the Secret Service detail. Yeah. And not only that, but his kids have to be guarded. And now his grandkids get it too. Yeah. But what is it? He's costing the city of New York ten billion. Yeah. Altogether. Oh, I'm sure it'll be even more too. But there, uh, uh, I kind of lost my segue here. But sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um. But it's just weird when you see like the Trump things going on and like how you're able to unite people that are afraid. Because generally, like the the, the the most hateful people are the most scared. Yeah, they, they fear for themselves. Hundred percent. But what is it about? Do you think it was like a tap into social media that 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 let this happen? Was it because a certain marketing campaign? Like, can you find any genius in the architecture as to how it happened? No, I, I you know here's the thing. Like, I, I think. I don't think it's genius. I think there's a... He's a genius the way uh, a homeless person is a genius in a fair fist fight. You come up to... fit. You're like, okay, homeless guy, you want to fight me? And the homeless guy says, yeah. You pull up in your boxing shorts and your boxing gloves and he walks up and stabs you. Ah. Somebody could say that guy's a genius. Somebody else could say that guy has a lower bar for morality, ethics. He He... He broke the rules of the game, yeah. and he didn't care how he won. That's why he's a sore winner. You know, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't win by following rules. He won the opposite way. He's not the guy that won Survivor by being a better athlete and, and being a better outdoorsman. He's the guy that won Survivor by telling everybody that his grandmother was dying. Wait, that, that, she that, wasn't. That, that's a real guy. That is a real guy. Yeah, well, it's Johnny something. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he became the most hated person. That that that's what he did, you know. And I don't think here's but here's what I do think is good. I think that um, he's an opportunist. I think he's he's an opportunist. I think he's a blind nut that got a squirrel. But I do think there's a balance that needs to happen in humanity. I think the media fucked us over more than anybody else. Yeah. The media told us that Hillary Clinton had an 85 percent chance of winning, and that Donald Trump had a five percent chance of winning. I kept people well, at home. No, exactly. Yeah. I kept people at home. And here's what people forget. They're like, oh, this is the first time we're asking conservatives to vote for a woman. Yeah, but it's the third time we're asking them to vote for a liberal. Yeah. The third time. They want, everybody gets a turn. Everybody, want, as Louis said, it should, there should be a natural order. Yeah, balance. I don't think, I don't think it's wrong that Republicans won. I do think it's wrong that racism, um, bigotry, sexism is the way that they did it. That's the homeless guy's knife. The thing that breaks my heart the most is he didn't need racism to win. Yeah. He didn't true. need it. He just tapped in to go over the he top. Just, he yeah. tapped in. He did what the homeless guy did with the knife. Yeah. He he brought bum fights to Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And and that's the that's the shame. And that's the and what he doesn't realize is Washington DC is a 
what a catwalk is for fashion is what Washington D.C. is for morality. Yeah, he walked down this catwalk in a, in a suit made of hate, and a bunch of people that live in small town America are like, "Oh, I'm going to try that on." That's what's in fashion now. So I've never been worried about Trump the president. I've always been worried about Gary the cashier. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're leaving it at that one because we're going to wrap up here on 30. And uh, real quick, tomorrow, Royal, this is going up right away. So oh, Royal cool. St. Albert Hall tomorrow here Royal in London. Albert Hall, yeah. Royal Albert Friday. Hall. Friday is Royal Albert Hall. Friday. And tonight we have TNT. We got my birthday show. TNT. Is, and then we're going to do Johnny Fox's show in Covent Garden. Yeah. And, and then, then uh, check your website, though, TamaraKatan.com. Spell it out for the people. T-A-M-E-R-K-A-T-T-A-N.com. And you can find them on Twitter. All the dates are on there. And uh, thanks, Tamara, so much for bringing thanks, me on to London. We're going to yeah, do more of these as we're here, time. too. So, uh, uh, wrapping up here. It, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate sure. it. So uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll talk soon, people out there listening. And uh, thanks again. Bye. Peace. Max White, everyone. See something funny. It wasn't funny. I guess I'll just call it Max White presents. I guess it's decent. Yeah, Max White presents will work.